What's Good Podcast. Are you ready? Your number one source. To all the keys in the industry. With Brianna Javon. It's the What's Good Podcast. Hey, ladies and gents, this is your girl, Brianna Javon, with What's Good Podcast Season 4. Thank you so much for tuning in. As you guys know, we do not have interviews, but instead we have genuine conversations. I like so that. So let's get into it. Somebody told me I need to go ahead and trademark that. You it's should. No, you should. I like that. I like that because that's how I feel about, again, not my interviews, quote unquote. I feel mm-hmm. their conversations. I try to make them as open and and flowing, easy flowing as possible. So I'm Indeed. like that. Indeed. Thank you. All right. So, I mean, you've already heard the voice. <laughs> today we have an, an amazing guest. I'm super excited that he's on with me today. Of course. Today we have Jay Will. How are you? I am good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Like I said, this tip, I typically don't get asked for whatever reason. People are afraid to ask me to come on the show. So I don't know. So I appreciate you asking me. Hooray. He's here. So let's do it. As you guys know, we always start off with icebreakers. So you ready for your icebreaker? Yes, I am ready. Okay. What is the most happiest moment in your life and what made it so special? Wow. That is a good one. Um, I would say the happiest moment of my life is going to sound super corny mm-hmm. and super like whatever. But, um, you know, I'm a workaholic. I love working mainly because what I do, I love what I do. Okay. So, um, you know, the day that I realized what I wanted, the day I realized that I wanted to be an entertainer is probably the happiest day of my life. Mm-hmm. I uh, got forced to do a play at church by my mother <laughs> and I didn't want to do it. I hated every second of it until it was over and I realized, wow, I really like this. I want to keep doing it. And so from <laughs> there, Christmas play, uh, Easter. Easter. <laughs> yeah. And they had me play Jesus, if you can believe it. Uh- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I would say that's the happiest day of my life because that like my whole ever since that day and I was 10 years old, ever mm-hmm. since that day, my life has been dedicated to being the best version of myself and to be everything that I've and accomplish everything I want to accomplish. So I would say that that's the happiest day of my life. That's so cool. What's so crazy? Last night I was watching a uh, twenty-seven bridesmaid dresses or something like that. Twenty-seven dresses. That's what it is. I love that movie. So, so <laughs> at the very beginning, she had mentioned how a lot of the most genius people in the world found their niche at seven, eight, or nine years mm-hmm. old. You remember that? Yeah, I do. So do you feel like you can kind of relate? Oh at yeah. 10 I years mean, old? now here's the thing: not everybody finds it that early. Uh-huh, like the people true. figure it out later on in life. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's I'm considered weird by a lot of people who grew up with me because I knew very early on this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. This is where I'm at. I gave up everything. When I got to high school. I gave up video games. I gave up like going out to parties and going Are out to games. Serious? Oh yeah, I was super dedicated to being in, in in the entertainment world. So I studied every day. I practiced. You know, I was in theater, mm-hmm. which I still act now. But mm-hmm. um, I was in theater heavy, so I was studying books on writers and and people who really revolutionized acting and oh yeah I was on it so it was just a situation where he became focused yeah because I realized everything else that was going on I didn't care about that yeah I I mean to be honest with you I wanted to be a child star like bad so (laughs) that's another reason (laughs) too I want I wanted to be I wanted to be a cast member on all that more than anything in the world (laughs) when I was a kid so I wanted to be on Disney Channel. I wanted yeah. all of that. So I was like, I need to be ready for it. Like, you know, but um, things got in the way of that. So obviously it didn't happen. And thank God it didn't happen when it did. You mm-hmm. know, I believe that everything happens for a reason. Indeed. I believe everything happens in God's time. Mm-hmm. So I think the more you try to push and force things is the more he's going, okay, you're not ready yet. So I'm just mm-hmm. going to keep holding you back. 
Nice. Well, with that being stated, because I was gonna keep asking more questions. Go for it. Nah, this so, is your, this is your show. <laughs> I'm in your world. It was it's kind of a good transition because my very first question that I asked within our genuine conversation is who is Jay Will? Oh man. Uh so Jay Will is you know, actual name Joshua Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um Jay Will, Joshua Wilson is dedicated, he is persistent. He is passionate and he is um, insightful. Mm. You know, one thing about me is if I don't know something and I want to know it, I figure it out. Mm. I learn, I research everything there is. I know everything there is to make something happen. Like that's just, so I'm I'm insightful. Mm-hmm. I am loving, I would believe. I believe I would think if you were to ask people that I would think they would say that about me. (laughs) Uh, And I'm just. I'm happy. Yes, you are. Every time I see you, you always grinning from (laughs) cheek to cheek. Yeah. You know, I I, I would say that those things describe me most. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm a hard worker, but I'm also I think I have a heart that people can, you know, attach themselves to. Not that. Look at you. So, <laughs> and these are not rehearsed answers, by the way. I didn't think about I didn't know any of these prior, but that's just so okay. With that being stated, ladies and gents, I do not send questions out. Yeah, so yeah. this and is I prefer prepared. it that way. And I prefer it that way. <laughs> I like to get caught off guard. I think it makes it more authentic. That's what my whole goal is. Yes. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> so going back a little bit as a child, you mentioned that you knew off top what you wanted to do. Oh, yeah. Would you say that your parents were in support of, hey, we know our son wants to do. What do we need to do to help you get to where you need to be? So it's interesting for me when people tell me, like, you know, I, I had a, I will say this off top. I had a very privileged up, upbringing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was very blessed in a lot of ways to not only have the, the friends I had, but the family I had, especially the parents I had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, my, my father's a pastor, my mother, she's been working at a credit union for over 30 years. And I think she's like vice president of it now. Come on, Um, you know, and I hear people tell stories of their upbringing about, oh, my, my dad wasn't there or Mm -hmm. my parents didn't support me or nobody believed in me. And, you know, thankfully I've never had those experiences, Mm -hmm. even though my parents are divorced. My, my father, my mother have always been in my life. Mm-hmm. I have incredible, I have an incredible stepfather and incredible stepmother. Um, so I, I've been surrounded by love my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's added, that what's aided me being so open because I've just been giving it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though I I haven't been the best at how I've gone about things, my mom has always supported mm-hmm. what I've wanted. She's seen a spark in me my whole life. And all she's ever wanted from me was to be able to live my life doing what I love, mm-hmm. whatever it is, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know how I'm going to get there. She just wants me to get there. And, you know, my dad, God bless his soul. He he supports <laughs> everything, even the bad decisions. He's just like, hey, just do what you got to do. And I think it's because my dad has made a lot of bad decisions, mm-hmm. but it's made him who he is and mm-hmm. it's taught him everything he knows. So my dad has always supported me in the sense of what you're doing may be stupid, but you're going to learn from it. Mm, I think those are the best lessons. Yeah, though. he's like, you're going to learn from it better than, like, I can tell you not to do something, mm-hmm. but either you're going to do it anyway, you're not going to learn anything. So I'd rather you fall down and learn it for yourself. 
think those are good. I, but to me, those are the best lessons because, like you mentioned, now you can teach that to somebody. Oh else. yeah, now so, to your kids. Oh yeah. Them. Oh, they definitely gonna learn. <laughs> <laughs> when my kid, when I have kids one day, they gonna learn. <laughs> I love that. All right, so. When it came to you know child star, now you mentioned everything in high school. You sh- you just cut it off. Oh yeah. I am now focused on this now. Oh yeah. What was after the Easter program? What was that next opportunity for you to continue in your journey? So um, I think one. I think I learned in high school. I learned a little bit more about how serious I want to take it mm-hmm. because I, uh, you know, I'm from a small town called big spring, Texas. And a lot of people don't know where it's at. A lot mm-hmm. of people have never heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing, even though it's a small area and it's not known, they did a really good job of teaching us the fundamentals of theater acting. You know, we were winning competitions left and right. We were like killing it. Um, mm-hmm. going to state almost every year is we were, we were just on a whole nother level. Was it like a, um, not like a special school, like a drama school. That no, specializes? we had to fight to, for them to keep the arts programs every year. Really? If we did bad in competition, it, they would cut the program. Because um, when you're in when you're in West Texas or really any town in Texas, they're more focused on sports. Mm. So if a school is like like giving out a lot of money to the arts programs, they're like, man, we're not worried about that. We're worried mm. about sports. Mm-hmm. So. Every year, whether it was speech and debate, band, theater, any of those type of programs, if we didn't excel, mm. we were at risk of getting cut every year. Wow. So I think that pushed us also. It was like, we have to do good or we're not going to get to come back and do this next year. Mm-hmm. So, no, they were not focused on <laughs> the arts. <laughs> like my mm-hmm. principal would come in first day of class every year, like clockwork. Hey, guys, you know, I just want to let you guys know you have a the hope to have a successful year and make sure you do good or you might not be here next year. Dang. Every year. <laughs> and so... Was uh, that discouraging or was that the same time motivation? For me, sense? you can't tell me something like that because I'm going to go hard. I know, that's right. Uh, you're like, oh, okay, challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I think the next moment for me that I learned like, oh, wow, I'm on the right path mm-hmm. is um, when I was a senior in high school, I did a program. We had this thing called International Thespian Society mm-hmm. um, where like all the, every Texas high school um, went to this big conference every year. Uh-huh. And every year the seniors could... Um, essentially audition for a lot of major film schools and and theater programs so like the year I did it there was like USC there NYU a bunch of film schools like Howard University uh um Savannah's uh Academy of Design like a bunch of big major programs and what you do is you do you perform for all of them and Mm -hmm. it's kind of like they decide if they want you a part of their program and then they spend the next day recruiting you Okay. So when I was a senior in high school, I actually broke the record for the most recruitments. Shut up. Yeah, I had uh, 21 out of 30 schools recruit me. Congrats. Yeah. And so um, that was a moment I was like, wow. So I'm mm-hmm. actually I'm actually doing something right. I'm actually mm-hmm. pretty good at this. Like mm-hmm. I can actually make this into something. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I would say that was like the next moment for me that I really realized like, wow, like I'm actually onto something 21 yeah and it was this to show you how good my school was the mm-hmm. next year one of my best friends she broke my record then <laughs> 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 and i didn't i didn't hold the record long she mm-hmm. broke it like uh a year later and so wow. are y'all still friends to oh day? yeah nah to this, she's in new york right now actually so oh. 
yeah. I love that. So yeah, so it, it's just it was. I always tell people like, and even when I decided not to go to any of the schools, mm-hmm. people are like, like, why didn't you do that? Or like, that's a good cause. Well, I was gonna ask. Well, I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> you know, even though I believe in myself wholeheartedly, I've known ever since I was a kid I was gonna do this. Mm-hmm. I was gonna be successful at whatever I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's millions of other people who want to do what I do. There, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so. Yeah, I could get a theater degree, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing quotes because I don't believe it's not going to happen for me. But mm-hmm. quote unquote, if it didn't work out, what job am I going to get with a theater degree? Uh, okay, because that's just being realistic. Yeah, as mm-hmm. much as I believe in myself, I do have a sense of reality. Like mm-hmm. I like those people who go out to L.A. with no plan. Because I was going to ask then, you, why not L.A.? Why not New York? Those because I, I learned super early on, it isn't about what you know, it's who you know. And if true. you go out to LA without any plan and mm-hmm. without knowing anybody, you're gonna be working out of you're gonna be waitressing or waitering and sleeping on people's couches and yep. all of that. And I don't yep. like that very much. Yep. I like having my own room. I like having a bed. <laughs> and so I was mm-hmm. like, I always knew that okay, I need to be in a position where I'm worthy of people, you know, working with me. Mm-hmm. I have to build relationships, I have to build connections, I have mm-hmm. to make myself I have to have leverage. Yeah. I have to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Cuz you know, I I've, I've auditioned for a few films here and there and I've gotten pretty far, but I always lost out to someone who knew somebody. Mm-hmm. And so eventually it's like, okay, why am I auditioning? Why am I doing this old school way of do mm-hmm. like and we got to and people need to realize too, a lot of those stories, mm-hmm. those that people tell us those glamorous stories. I went to LA and I made it work. That's what you hear. <laughs> a lot of a lot of it is not true mm-hmm. that's one and mm-hmm. two there was a point in time where that did work out for you now mm-hmm. now we're going to la with no plan and just hoping you make it that doesn't work anymore mm-hmm. at all the mm-hmm. way the industry is set up now that that doesn't that's not how it works yeah. um i can give you multiple examples on how that version of hollywood is dead that mm-hmm. version of the entertainment industry is completely dead because mm-hmm. uh there was a point in time where there was a lot of money flowing in a lot of different ways mm-hmm. so they had the they had the the money to take a risk they mm-hmm. had the opportunity to take a risk mm-hmm. now sense. in the music industry or in the movie industry mm-hmm. they can't take a risk yeah like with streaming mm-hmm. with all of these things mm-hmm. like you know they don't have money for a risk now mm-hmm. because it's like we have to make our money back that's true like that's true. you know in the 90s there was studios and production companies willing to give um, or I'll go back as far back in the 80s. There was mm-hmm. P, there was companies willing to give Spike Lee a shot just mm-hmm. to see what would happen. Uh-huh, uh-huh. There was companies willing to give John Singleton a shot just to see. Mm-hmm. They don't do that anymore. You have to be proven. You have to know that you're going to get your money back. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason people like Issa Rae are success now, because she went out there. She did her own thing. Yes. She made her she made that. her own platform. Uh-huh. And she said, and she and people and she made it to where people have felt like they needed to be in business with her. I swear I was just gonna ask you that because there's a lot of people nowadays versus like you mentioned the 80s and 90s. They're like, that's the old way. I need to go ahead and make my own life. Right. Which is why I went and made a web series in 2016 mm-hmm. called Mazda Heart that um you know, people seem to love. I don't love so much <laughs> only because only because I'm a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And when you do things like that, you see everything that you could have did better. Ah. That's the only reason. Like, I, mm-hmm. I feel like we did a good job with it. I, and it touched a lot of people. Um, and it did, I mean, we I think all five episodes total, we got close to 250,000 views. 
nice. um, which is pretty good for someone like just starting out doing it on uh-huh. their own. And, you know, and we a lot of it was our first time doing it. I had never wow. directed. I had never written because I wrote it, too. I had never written, never directed, never produced. I was, we were learning everything on the job. Yes. And so, you know, I, I'm a perfectionist, so I see everything that could have been better. But a mm-hmm. lot of people love it. And thankfully, what it did was it did exactly what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. It introduced me to a lot of people that have been helping me currently. Oh. So now I'm in a position where whenever I feel I'm ready, there's certain things that I can do that I wouldn't have been able to do if I had never made matters of art. Right. Now, my original plan was I wanted to blow up and be like awkward black girl and get me to do it HBO. <laughs> But what it did was it put me in a position where the right people were watching, Mm -hmm. the right people were invested. And now it's like, okay, whenever you're ready for your next step, Mm -hmm. we got you. And so I think that's very powerful as far as the relationships, as you mentioned. How are you? You mentioned 2018. That's your first film, right? No, it's 2016. 2016. Yeah. This is now 2021. And you say you still have those same relationships with those people. Mm -hmm. I think it's key to understand that, you know, it's very important to stay in touch with people. Oh, yeah. What is not even a strategy because it could be just as genuine as possible. How are you keeping those relationships with those people? Um, Unfortunately, I'm about to. I'm about to hurt some people, some people's feelings with this. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Here's the thing. I'm a firm believer in life, not just business, but Mm. in relationships, Mm -hmm. romantic relationships, Mm -hmm. friendships, family. Mm -hmm. It's going to sound horrible, but follow me, people. Follow me. People will only deal with you as long as you're bringing value. It's the truth. And that doesn't have to be a monetary value. So, for Mm -hmm. example, with family. or Okay, let's go with friends first. Mm -hmm. If I'm your friend and every time I'm around you, you bring me down. You're not bringing value to me. That's true. You're you're actually like, you're taking like you're bringing my mood down. You're yes. ruining my day. You're yes. ta- like you're taking energy away from me. Mm-hmm. You're becoming useless to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're a friend and every time I'm around you, I'm in a good mood. You make me feel better. You encourage me. Mm-hmm. You make me believe in myself more. Mm-hmm. You're bringing value to my life. Mm-hmm. And that's with, and I think that's what people need to realize with all situations. Like you have to be a value in some way, shape or form Indeed. to anybody's life. Indeed. And so when it comes to business, I've just continued to be in a position where I'm a value to them. Mm-hmm. Um, or just simply, I have like one guy in particular, he um, was my first investor mm-hmm. Um he just saw something in me and just said, I just want to nurture that. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that for a lot of people, that's like, ah, it sounds like the strings attached. I can tell you for because <laughs> my mother was like, when I told my mom what he did for me, she was like, yeah, keep, keep an eye on him because that don't sound right. But no, there are people in this world, they're few and far between. So I mm-hmm. wouldn't trust anybody who says this. Please put it out there. But this guy's proven <laughs> that he just wants to see me flourish. That's good. And so there's things he's done for me. There's things he's given me. There's ways he's helped me where he just says, I don't need that back. Just go ahead and do what you want to do and just keep me updated. That's beautiful. You know, and, and so there are people like that out there, but for the most part, I've just been of value Mm -hmm. to these other people. You know, what's helped is, you know, I I did, before I did my pot, I'm doing my, I'm doing, I'm doing a podcast now that's been going for, over four years now. Because mm-hmm, we definitely don't talk. Uh, don't say it personal. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but before that, I did radio. Yes. And for people in the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. that's very valuable, mm-hmm. especially at that time. I did radio from 2011 to 2016. Mm-hmm. Very valuable, yes. <laughs> you know, to people. So I was like, okay, 
this guy, when I'm, when I'm releasing an album or a single, or I have an artist that's releasing an album or a single, or, you know, there's a movie I'm doing or there's anything that I'm doing, I can go to this guy and he can get me two thousands, if not millions of people. That's true. So that I bring value to them. Mm-hmm. Um, or if I get this guy to host my show, people mm-hmm. will come out because people like him. That's true. So that brings value. Mm-hmm. So you have to constantly find ways to bring value to people. Mm-hmm. I think people who walk around expecting a handout, mm-hmm. people who walk around thinking like, oh, I'm talented. So people should just give me things. Yeah. It's not how it works. Like <laughs> there, there's, there's somebody I always use it. Somebody, I can't remember who said it, but they said this years ago, there was somebody better than Jordan out there on them courts. Indeed it was. But they just didn't do the work. What Jordan did. They didn't mm-hmm. do what Jordan, they didn't sacrifice what Jordan mm-hmm. had to sacrifice mm-hmm. to get to the position he's in. Mm-hmm. And so there's everybody, like I believe God, I think every person has God-given talent in indeed, something. Indeed. In something, well, no matter what it is, we mm-hmm. all have God-given given talent mm-hmm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I think part of our reason for being here is to figure that out so we can so we can give it to the world and be a blessing to others. I do believe that. Come on. Um, but you but just but just walking around with your head in the clouds just because you're talented, I think is arrogant. Yes, it is. And I think you're taking advantage of the talent you've you been given. People don't have to give you anything. Mm-hmm. So I just know for a fact, like I don't go to anybody and ask them for anything mm-hmm. unless I can bring value to them, unless mm-hmm. it's a service I can pay for or it's a service that I can, or just us being in partnership with each other helps both of us. I never try to come from an angle of I gain and you don't. Mm. Everybody has to win or else you're going to, or I think eventually down the road, Let's say somebody does give you an opportunity without getting in anything in return. How long do mm-hmm. you think that's going to last? No. <laughs> it's not going to last long. Not. So I just think that's what's helped me. Uh, that's a long roundabout answer. Uh, but no, I think what's helped me is that I just constantly look at every situation I'm in and I say to myself, how can I bring them value? Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay, so you mentioned a little bit as far as the radio station. I feel like I've heard the story, but I want you to give me clarity <laughs> that this was like an accident. It was completely how- by accident. <laughs> completely it by accident. Um, because radio was never part of my plan. Right. I was gonna be like, I was gonna be the next Denzel. I was like, is <laughs> yeah, what is this radio thing? Uh, so I was I moved out to the DFW area. I went to UTA, University of Texas at Arlington, mm-hmm. and um, I had some friends in the radio department. Mm-hmm. And so I was just hanging out with them, um, just hanging out. And typically when I'm in a room full of people, I don't know. I think I get this from my father, who's a pastor, like I said. Uh, and just in general, my dad just used to be the, the the star of any room he was in. When he's around a bunch of people, something in him clicks and he's just like on. And mm-hmm. everybody is just like drawn to him. Mm-hmm. And so I was in there. I was making everybody laugh. I was cracking jokes. Mm-hmm. I was talking about music and I was doing all of these things. And. And then the station manager walked by and he started easing in to hearing the conversation. He was like, you know what? You're pretty good at this. Um, <laughs> you want to have your own radio show? That's crazy. And you can't tell a guy like me. Like, you can't <laughs> ask me that. I, like, you, you mean I get to have an hour every week where I get to just talk crazy. about whatever I want to talk about? Sure. <laughs> Why not? No, strings. no, it was just like just because it was at, it was for the school. It was for the school radio station. They needed people. Mm-hmm. They needed people to like bring attention to the station, and right. they were just like, "You seem like you'd be a good fit." Just Fridays at four o'clock, you're on. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, why not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and so that's really just how it happened. And um, 
you know, prior to that, when I first moved, I moved here July 2011. Mm -hmm. So when I moved here, I started realizing, wow, there's like a lot of great Dallas rappers, like incredible amount of Dallas rappers. And they're not. And at this time, there used to be a time where K104, 97.9 The Beat would like play local rappers, Mm -hmm. find a spot for them. Mm -hmm. At that time, that wasn't necessarily the case. Mm -hmm. So I was like, man, like all these great rappers around here and they have nowhere to get their music played. Mm So I'll just make my show that like I'll just like play nothing but unsigned and independent artists, mostly ones from Dallas. Mm -hmm. And so when he said that I could do my show and I could do about anything, Mm -hmm. that's what I chose to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just kind of grew from there to the point where um, a lot of uh, local rappers started knowing about the show, started coming by the show. Um, a lot of the a lot of the people who were throwing shows and bringing artists down would mm-hmm. like have me involved in their shows, like helping promote or hosting, mm-hmm. and even letting me interview some of the artists. So that's how I started mm-hmm. interviewing artists like Kendrick Lamar mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> ASAP Rocky, ASAP Ferg, J Cole, and like being involved in shows with like Drake, and that's kind of how it started. Because a lot of those, I mean, this is 2011 we're talking about, so Kendrick Lamar wasn't a superstar yet, right? You know, J Cole wasn't a superstar yet. Mm-hmm. These guys were still growing, and and right. so I got to get in on the ground floor on some of them. Now I can't get them to answer my calls now. <laughs> but you were in those rooms, but I was though. I was there. You know, one of the first big things I did was a. Uh, UTA won a bid to have when Drake went on tour with Take Care. Yes. They won the bid to have the his tour at UTA. Mm-hmm. And I was the only hip hop show on the station. So they kind of just came to me was like, "Can you help us run this? We don't know anything about hip hop." And so I'm like that was like another like you mentioned earlier where it's like confirmation. Oh yeah, so I got to spend the weekend with like Drake, Kendrick Lamar and ASAP Rocky. It was like and just doing a bunch of wild things, which I will not tell them. <laughs> but just, it's just another thing where just doing that show, because mm-hmm. eventually I left the station and I started working with K104 and 97.9 The Beat, mm-hmm. mainly to steal their contacts. Sorry. Uh, but and, but I would do my own show on the internet network. Mm-hmm. And so, but I would do a lot of work with K104 and 97.9 The Beat. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, radio is kind of like, they're setting their ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, they don't really break music anymore. They really keep radio personalities until they like retire or, you know, God forbid die. Yeah. So it's like, there's really no room to like, if you want to be a rate, like, I'm sorry, I hate to break people's hearts here. If you're trying to be a radio personality, I'm about to give you the harsh truth. Please do. Um, I was going to ask you, I've seen people say, I want to do radio first and then go into podcasts or I want to eventually start a podcast and then go to radio. And I'm like, you better get so much control if you do radio. You got to, there is one, but two, again, it's like what I said about doing a web series and then Mm -hmm. gaining attention to studios. Mm -hmm. Podcasting, you got to build your own thing because radio is way more archaic than mm-hmm. film and television studios mm-hmm. like they'll see something popular and take advantage of it yeah. radio they don't like ah, nah we don't care like mm-hmm. they're you got to still start at the ground level you got to be interned and grow and, and this is you i don't care if you have a million followers on instagram you got to start at the ground level mm-hmm. and so it's just it's so it's so harder it's so much harder excuse me to get into radio mm-hmm. because they're so behind on a lot of ways they're doing it and they're really traditional and like mm-hmm. i said they keep their people until the very end yeah so don't think you're going to get a spot 
Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it'll give you a show at like midnight or two o'clock in the morning. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. And even then they might opt to not do it because then they would have to pay you and they can just record, pre-record somebody else they have and do that or just mm-hmm. play music. They don't need a person. So it's like radio, there's this much mm-hmm. chance to get anything happening in radio. So especially now, it's worse mm-hmm. now. It was bad when I was doing it. Mm-hmm. It's worse now. Mm. because iHeartRadio owns majority of radio stations in the country. Mm-hmm. So, like, they have their things set up. Breakfast Club, their show is syndicated in over 200 markets. Mm-hmm. And you think you're going to get on this? No. That makes sense. It's not happening. So, yeah, it's it's a rough game. So I would advise anybody to do what you're doing, podcasting, mm-hmm. um, and just understand there's things people don't understand about podcasting that, it 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 hurts my heart because <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. people think podcasting is oh yeah I, I have crazy takes I say crazy things I have wild point of views people will want to hear that on, it's tell like the people, tell the people tell it's the people. not as simple as you think mm-hmm. it is like people mm-hmm. think podcasting is just putting a microphone in front of them and talking and mm-hmm. it's so much more deeper than that yes, so much is. more complicated than that and people I've seen more shows not make it in their first year than actually get past it the fact that we're on four years yep. is a blessing because mm-hmm. most people just stop within the first year because they have these expectations mm-hmm. they think oh my first episode we're going to get thousands of listeners mm-hmm. you're lucky if you get 25 please tell people. <laughs> <laughs> like- people all the time do not if you're going to win focus on numbers and trying to monetize you're going to stop within maybe the first month to be yeah honest. you're like you're <laughs> like you're gonna get you're going to get wildly disappointed. Um, For sure. Uh, there's people I'll see, there's hundreds of podcasts I'll see like on SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. And I just like to go with Dibble and Dabble because I like seeing that people, independent podcasts, people who are just doing something. Right. I like seeing it. So I like mm-hmm. to see a lot of those numbers are low, mm-hmm. extremely low. Yeah. The only reason I feel like we were able to get off to a good start is because mm-hmm. I had years, I had built a following in radio. Mm-hmm. So they followed me over to mm-hmm. podcasting. Mm-hmm. But if I started like ground level, shoot, my numbers would be mad low. And <laughs> But y'all have great content too. But also we're, but I think we have good content because we're doing it because we want to. Right, right, right. Not because we're trying to get something out of it. Right. The fact that we, the fact that we've gotten thousands of listeners, the fact that we've, uh, gotten over a million streams mm-hmm. the fact that we've had major guests the fact mm-hmm. that if we miss a week i get death threats <laughs> <laughs> Not- <laughs> no literal death threats i literally there was a point before last year before the pandemic mm-hmm. because again we were just doing it for fun mm-hmm. we would miss weeks every now and then we didn't care like we weren't consistent mm-hmm. and it got there was one day there was two two things somebody sent me that changed my perspective mm-hmm. one it was a literal death threat it was literally like look fam y'all miss another week I'm gonna come find you. Not come find you because y'all get me through my week, and I can't like y'all start my week off right. And if you if you miss my week is trash. So oh. yeah, don't do this again. Oh, and it was a woman. Oh. Come on, bud. <laughs> she was this, this woman from from New York. She was just like she was. Her name is Jess. Is like her her. I think her IG name is Jess Brooklyn Rays. I don't. I can't remember. But she was just come like on, yeah. You, did, you do this again, like yeah, we gonna have problems. Oh. And then there was another person who sent me a long message saying, listen, I understand you guys have a lot going on in life and things mm-hmm. happen, but you have to understand that with your platform, you, you help people get through their day, mm. their week, 
me personally, you've helped me through a lot of hard times. Mm. There's been times where I've been struggling with my sanity, with my with depression, mm. and all I have is to go back to y'all's show. So when you miss a show, you're affecting people like me. Mm. So just think about that yeah. because we it, it, we didn't have real reasons to miss. We just like I don't feel like doing this week, you know, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and we just wouldn't do it. Yeah. And but after that, it was like y'all making an impact. And we didn't we didn't do it for that. Mm-hmm. The reason we started doing the show was um, my co-host broke his leg. Mm. Um, and he was stuck in the house for six weeks and I would just go over and keep him company Mm -hmm. and what's funny is prior to that we were not that good of friends like we were cool Mm -hmm. you know we was cool I'll see him out hey what's up Mm -hmm. and we and then he broke his leg and he was just stuck in the house and just something told me man go over his house and keep him company this weekend Mm -hmm. and so I did and I got there maybe six o'clock on Friday and I didn't leave until eight o'clock Saturday morning god we were literally talking <laughs> the entire time. Mm-hmm. And I started coming back every week and it was the same thing every week. Mm. And so we started realizing, you know, we this is like, this is basically we're doing a show. We right. might as well just do that. It's a good material. <laughs> no, we were saying some dope stuff. And I was like, yeah, this would be good to just put out there. Mm-hmm. And so I had just got done doing radio at that time. I was like full focused on doing my acting and filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And... I didn't wasn't thinking about doing a podcast. It just kind of happened organically. So for us, for me, when I tell people, the main thing I tell people is I ask them, what's your reason for doing this? Mm-hmm. Because if you're re- you asked me that. Yeah, if your reason <laughs> is to get attention, to get mm-hmm. fans, to make money, then you already lost. Yeah. Already lost because mm-hmm. you're not focused on making the best thing you can make. You're focused on trying to make money. Mm-hmm. And anything Again, that goes back to what I said about forcing things. I think when you try to force things, God blocks it. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not going to let you operate recklessly in my name. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> that's, that's so good. And so you have to, I think anything with pure intention mm-hmm. is what gets pushed to the forefront. And I think not only do we have good content, because I do believe we're the best. Uh <laughs> I believe that we just do it with pure intention. We do it simply because we just love doing it. Mm -hmm. And we're actual real friends. We hang out outside of the show. Mm -hmm. We're not just getting together for the show and then Mm -hmm. we never talk after. Like, no, we, we, like, when I write scripts, I run it by my co-host to see what he says first Mm -hmm. because I value his opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, our new co-host, Nam, shout out to Nam. He's new and he kind of came to the show organically. Mm -hmm. We met through, I don't know if you know who Andrew Schultz is. He's a stand-up comedian. He does a podcast with Charlamagne the Guy called Brilliant mm-hmm. Idiots. And he he's like, he now he has a special on Netflix. He does all these great things. Mm-hmm. Um, he came on our show super early mm-hmm. and we've kept the relationship since then. Mm-hmm. And so the last time he was in Dallas, which I believe was late 2019 mm-hmm. or I can't remember. I can't remember what when it was. It was like, a, when did Old Town Road come out? Because, huh. Mm, um by little nice i remember uh-huh, like that was our I, I remember that's when that's when he came out because that song was like everywhere and we mm-hmm. were like laughing about it um <laughs> but he he what they would do what he would do is when he would go to other cities he would mm-hmm. ask videographers local videographers if they wanted to help mm-hmm. shoot certain content i love that and so nam who's my new co-host mm-hmm. happened to be the person he picked mm-hmm. and so we met through andrew mm-hmm. and he, we were hanging out the whole night and he, I was like, man, you should come by my show sometime. Just hang out. Mm-hmm. He came by the show and then just eventually he started bringing his camera. He was like, can I start shooting for y'all or can I start taking pictures? Mm-hmm. Sure. We're, we're going to turn down free <laughs> <I know. laughs> video and pictures. Like, 
okay, sure. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why you asked me that. <laughs> um, and then eventually, at the end of the show, he would have these really good points. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, you know, I'm just gonna start putting a microphone in front of you. And if you just feel compelled to speak, just talk. <laughs> right. And then eventually he just became ingratiated into the show. So everything we've done has been organic. Mm-hmm. Everything we've done hasn't been forced. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people gravitate towards. And I think that's what um makes people enjoy what we do plus we just know what we're talking about there's mm-hmm. a lot of podcasts where people are just talking yes just trying to no get no purpose at all not no purpose <laughs> and they're just trying to say things that would like get people riled up mm-hmm. if we rile people up it's completely by accident mm-hmm. we're not trying to make people <laughs> mad and i typically i'm the one that makes everybody mad for some reason somebody <laughs> have the devil ears. no i have the halo, have the halo. <laughs> okay i know somebody got i have the halo my co-host has the horns but mm-hmm. I'm the one that makes people <laughs> mad the most. I, I don't I don't get it, but uh you know, but we were very I think the biggest compliment we get is we're just master, we just know so much information. Mm-hmm. So there's things people learn every week from us. Like, wow, I didn't know that about this artist or mm-hmm. that artist. Or I didn't know in the entertainment industry things go this way or that way. Mm-hmm. So really it's funny, it's informative. Um and we just we just have a vast knowledge of what we talk about. Mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer. Like, if you put a basketball in front of me, mm-hmm. chances are it's not going in the hoop. Uh, <laughs> you about to make something totally different. Out of the yeah, basketball. like I, I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna make a I, I'm gonna miss the goal completely probably. Uh- so I don't brag on things that I'm not good at. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't put energy into things I don't care about. Mm-hmm. But the things that I do care about, mm-hmm. the things that I do love. I go, I mean, I told you, I go full force and I learn everything. That's what you say. Um, and so there's nothing about hip hop I can't tell you about. Mm-hmm. There's nothing about the film industry I can't tell you about. Mm-hmm. There's nothing about music in general, because even outside of hip hop, R&B, pop, rock. You're so I'm, I can, we can go all day on any and everything. And that's mm-hmm. because I've taken time for years since I was, I think I started getting really inquisitive around 11. So I turned 30 next week. Mm-hmm. So that's like what thank you. So that's 19 <laughs> years of me just learning everything about the entertainment industry. Yeah, yeah there's nothing you can't stump me on. Like it's that's a long time. Yeah. I mean, was that derived from like your parents, like being influenced by music? Oh, it's definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad, um, he always had old school music around me. Mm-hmm. Always. So I grew up as a kid. My earliest influences are like you know, Stevie Wonder and mm. Temptations and Earth, Wind and & Fire mm-hmm. and Marvin Gaye and like all of that, mm-hmm. you know, and my my stepdad actually taught me a lot about 90s R&B. So Jodeci, Drew Hill, Blackstreet. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, she kind of was a conduit of everything. So I learned, mm-hmm. I got a lot of things. A lot of my early babysitters were white. So mm-hmm. I learned a lot about rock and country okay. and pop music. Um, and then when I got a little older, my cousins had to come live with us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my mom did not let me listen to anything crazy. So, mm-hmm. like, it had to have, like, the, it had to be the clean version. Okay. And it had to be certain rappers. <laughs> mm-hmm. She didn't put that restriction on my cousins, though. Mm, and so she was her child. Yeah. <laughs> so my cousins had the dirty versions of everything. Mm. Some of the wildest stuff you could hear. And when my mom wasn't around, they would sneak it to me like, hey, here, go listen Check to go listen to 3-6 Mafia. Go listen to DMX, who rest in peace DMX also. Mm-hmm. Um, go listen to Cash Money, No Limit, mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Dr. Dre, 
Nas, Jay-Z, like when my mom wasn't looking, he mm-hmm. gave me everything. So I learned extremely about hip hop from him. Mm-hmm. And then as I got older, I had certain questions that no one was able to answer for me because gotcha. they're not inquisitive. So they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't know. And the worst thing you can tell me is I don't know. I hate the word. I hate the phrase. I don't know. So would you rather them make up a, like an answer? It's not. I, it's not that I was mad at them. Mm-hmm. I was just mad in general because I want to know. <laughs> so that's when I started reading the credits on albums, the liner notes, mm. reading who produced what, who wrote what, um, going on the internet and learning what the motivation was behind, behind certain things and why mm. certain things are happening. And then it's like, oh, I didn't know he produced that and that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. He wrote this song, this song, this song. Oh, wow. And this album sold this much first week, and then this, and then this album came out on the same day when. Like you were invested. Oh yeah. And so that's where my mind just constantly started going down rabbit holes of just mm-hmm. information. And now I can tell you the most random stuff. That's crazy. Uh, well, with that being stated, I don't want to move too far past uh, don't take it personal. Tell the people what the podcast is actually about. And see, I hate this question. Uh, <laughs> because um again, we didn't start with a purpose, we didn't start with the plan, we just started mm-hmm. and literally you're going to get a different show every week like this the shows well, there's no particular theme there's mm-hmm. no particular through line mm-hmm. it's just a matter of now i know i said earlier you have to be prepared and you can't just like talk in front of mics but that's essentially our thing mm-hmm. but i but i think okay so let me say it like this you have to have chemistry So and you have to understand who you're working with. Mm -hmm. So when we first started the show, we were super planned out and super like proper and the Mm -hmm. shows were horrible Mm -hmm. because my co-host, he's he's more off the top of the head. Like he's more like he works better whenever he's not thinking when he can just just Mm -hmm. say what's on his mind. He's a Mm -hmm. he's actually a really good rapper and he's an incredible freestyler. Like he actually first time I met him, he made me laugh super hard and then went outside and beat every rapper that you know of in dallas in a freestyle battle like it was just crazy Jeez. and so he works Shout out to Cash. yeah so he works better off the top of his head mm-hmm. and so we learned i learned eventually like okay don't come prepared with him mm-hmm. just i'll be the prepared one i'll kind of have an understanding of where the conversation needs to go mm-hmm. and i'll direct him mm-hmm. so it's more so our relationship is kind of like star player coach ah. or star player point guard like I I, I'm great at assisting so now the show has become especially with Nam because Nam is kind of a wild card and he's 23 Mm -hmm. so he doesn't understand PC yet he doesn't understand what politically (laughs) correct means uh he hasn't been approached in the streets before I have so (laughs) I know certain things you can't just say Uh uh he ain't learned that (laughs) and we in the pandemic so ain't nobody gonna just walk up on him Mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. (laughs) so for me I would say that my job has been to just understand their strengths and play to them. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like on any given day, I could say a lot or -hmm. I could say nothing, but I know how to facilitate the conversation to make sure, you know, everything happens the way it's supposed to. Um, So I can't tell you what the show is about. Mm -hmm. I can tell you this. I I will give you this. Mm -hmm. Um, You will get, some of the most philosophical point of views mm-hmm. on love, on heartbreak, on music, mm-hmm. on film, on entertainment in general. You will also get some of the most philosophical things on life in general, mm-hmm. um, week to week. You never know which episode you're going to get it on, but you're mm-hmm. going to get a mixture of all those things or just 
an abundance of a few in every episode. Mm. So think of it as what is it like when you and your girls get together and y'all just hang out? We we just catch up. I mean, we what is it like when if if you're a man listening to this? What is it like when you're hanging out with your boys and y'all mm-hmm. just are talking? Yeah, it's that, but a little bit more. Um, a little bit more. How can I say? Insightful. Okay. Um, because there's a lot of times people who talk about hip hop, they don't know what they're talking about. They're just talking and they're just giving <laughs> their opinion. We can give you our opinion, but we also can give you facts to back it up as well. That makes a difference. So. I, cause I, when I say we're the best, I, I don't just say like locally, I say anywhere you put, you put, you play our show next to Joe Button, next to Brilliant Idiots, next to the Reed, next to whoever you love, Joe Rogan. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to show, I'm, I'm going to say to you we're the best. And I believe that wholeheartedly. I'm not just, cause I, and here's how, you know, I believe, you mean that. <laughs> and, and here's how, you know, I mean it mm-hmm. because I didn't start saying that until about six seven months ago mm-hmm. and we've been going for four over four years now mm-hmm. so for a, for over three years i didn't talk like that mm-hmm. for three years i realized we needed to improve i realized there was things we need to get better at i realized there was ways that we need to grow i'm very self-aware that's one of my best traits i believe is that i'm very self-aware mm-hmm. so i didn't think we were the best mm-hmm. now i do mm-hmm. and i say it any chance i get because i believe that mm-hmm. and I challenge you to prove me otherwise. Come on. And unfortunately, you won't. <laughs> you said you like a challenge. The first thing you said is that you like a challenge. I like it. I, I challenge you to do so. And unfortunately, you won't prove me wrong. Mm. I, I can just see the passion. I wish I could see it. Yeah, I will see that. <laughs> yeah. So, it, so it's, it's just, I, but these are things. But again, like I said, I only talk like this with things that I know. You said that I'm great at mm-hmm. and that I and that I and that I can actually provide a service in like these. Mm-hmm. I don't talk like this about everything. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you put me on a basketball court. You're not going to hear me talk like this. <laughs> you're going to be like, man, we're about to whoop you, Josh. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> it's going down. I'm going to try. I'm going to go down swinging. But uh, nah, you you there's a lot of things like I think I think like I said earlier, I think it's your job on this earth to figure out what your God-given talent is and to bless others with it. And so it's just as equally as important to know what you're not good at. Mm -hmm. So you stop putting time and energy into it. There's so many things that people put time and energy into because they think it's what people want or they're trying to get popular. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people rapping who don't actually like rapping. They're Mm -hmm. just trying to get popular and trying to get paid real quick. And that's why we have a lot of trash music. Mm -hmm. you're, they're not they're not feeding into their purpose. That's right. They're wasting time. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that. So I agree with that. So oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's just a matter of um, I know what I know what I'm great at. I know what my purpose is. Mm-hmm. I know what I need to do to be successful and to get everything that I want and to help others. Mm-hmm. So I focus on that. So when you hear me talk like, oh, we're the best, I believe that and mm-hmm. I know it. And mm-hmm. I challenge you to prove me otherwise. Mm. It's the same every time he say it. It's the same. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know a word don't change. <laughs> and I challenge you. <laughs> I love it so much. Okay. So now we're on to our storytelling part okay. of the podcast. To where I feel like these are the best blessings. And this is why. I would like for you to tell us a high, something you can go back and be like, Jay Will did that, like a pat on my back. I can walk away and be like, yeah, that's what's up. When it comes to the podcast? Anything in life, podcast, film, media. Okay, I'll give you three. Okay. 
because they represent my acting career, my radio career, and my podcasting. Okay. So when we did Matters of the Heart, we had a premiere for it mm-hmm. at the Texas Theater. Mm-hmm. It was on Tuesday night. I had no idea how many people were going to show up. Mm-hmm. The only reason I picked Tuesday night is because it was the cheapest night I can get. I was still broke. I was trying to figure it out, but mm-hmm. I wanted to have a premiere. Mm-hmm. We packed it out with 600 people. Come on. And Not forced. No. like it, We didn't know how it was going to go. Uh-huh. I didn't know how it was going to go. I mm-hmm. was just like, look, again, we either go, <laughs> it's either going to be great or we're going to go down swinging. Mm-hmm. And packed it out. Had a nice red carpet. I was dressed nice. I had friends from back home who surprised me by driving up to come. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, my father came, who at the time, um, you know, he had a he had a bit of a medical issue, and so he didn't really want to be around people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he still came for me, that and that so that really warmed my heart. And then when I showed up, I didn't know this was going to happen, but I showed up. They had my name on the marquee. It said "Matters of the Heart" by Joshua Wilson, oh. and I didn't know they were going to do that. So I was oh. just like. That was your surprise. Yeah, I was like, wow. And just sitting in that in that theater, we played all five episodes. Just hearing people laugh, people, people um, you know, into it, mm-hmm. people who were just genuinely enjoying it. Um, and being in that room and then getting on stage after and just seeing everybody just just enjoy being there, enjoy what they just watched. Like I felt really proud of that moment. And that's no matter how much money I make, no matter how successful I get, because I plan on winning Oscars and such. So speaking, you know, I plan on being I tell people this all the time. I plan on being an EGOT recipient. And if you don't know what that means, it's an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar and a Tony. Mm -hmm. Only a few people have it. Only like a few black people have it. Yeah. Uh, You know, I believe Whoopi Goldberg was the first one. Yeah, she was. Uh, John Legend is the most recent one. Just recent. And Common is this close to being there. Oh, I didn't know about Common. Yeah, all he needs is a Tony. Because I know, um, I think the last one for John Legend was a Tony, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and then he, he won it for Jesus Christ Superstar because mm-hmm. he played Jesus live on that and he won it for that. Yeah. Um. Oh, I, that or he produced a play on Broadway. Okay. But you can get Tony for producing also. True, true. So, yeah. So I plan on being one of the few Black EGOT recipients in history. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It's So when I get all of that, that's going to be great. But mm-hmm. I'm always going to remember that moment. Mm-hmm. So... Is that uh, for radio? Um, I never really paid attention to numbers, even though once I did like crunch the numbers, we did a pretty good job as far as like how many people we, who were listening weekly and overall. Um, and but I never really paid attention to where it was going. I just paid attention to doing it every week. Mm-hmm. And we had this thing set up where people could call in just randomly during the show if they wanted to and just join the conversation and give their insight. Yeah. And one day this guy called from London uh. and he called and he was just like, and he, I have a horrible accent, but he was like, hello, fellas. Um, I'm calling all the way from London and I just wanted to, I didn't have anything particular to say, but I just wanted to tell you guys that I listen to your show every week, me and all of my friends over here across the pond and I just wanted to let you know that you guys are doing an incredible job and you have fans all over the place who really appreciate what you do. And I'm sitting there like, what is... Oh, wait a minute, though. <laughs> the fact that you said horrible before you got started, that was a really good oh, accent. You. <laughs> but the feedback was even more amazing. I was just like, what the... Like, you know, I'm emotional. So oh. my co-host was like, 
super street dude. And so he's like, oh, that's dope. I'm sitting there about to cry. Like, I can't believe <laughs> who did that. Find that guy. Like, I was just like, oh. So th- when it came to radio, that that was um the most meaningful moment for me. That and interviewing Kendrick Lamar, because after that, people started taking what we were doing seriously. And mm-hmm. so that's how I was able to get so many other opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to podcasting, crossing a million streams is crazy. Yes, it is. Because like I told you, there's so many podcasters who can't even get 25 listeners an episode. Like yes. I'll see some podcasts with like three listeners. Mm-hmm. And that's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Like if you put a lot of time and energy and effort into what you do mm-hmm. only for maybe three people mm-hmm. to listen, that's that's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. You know, and it takes a lot to keep going after that. Yes. So I recognize that. Mm-hmm. And I don't take that for granted. Yeah. So when we crossed a million streams, when we crossed like cumulatively on all platforms, you know, over a million, like our, our show has been listened to or watched over a million times mm. like that, that just showed me that we're doing something right and that mm. people actually care. Mm-hmm. So I would say that those moments are the ones that really just, you know, so far in my life have really just made me believe that, you know, I'm on to something mm-hmm. and I'm doing something right. Mm. You said the last one. You did radio, you did acting, podcasting. and then I did podcasting. Yeah, you did three. Okay, yeah. so on to the other side of the spectrum is our low. Uh, where to begin? Uh, <laughs> this is, that's why this is my favorite because we get to understand, of course, your highs, but people got to understand there's lows that come with those highs. So I'm not going to say anything in particular that happened that, as a low because everything teaches you something. Indeed. So I'm not going to say it, but what I will say this, uh, I did have a pretty big health scare in my early 20s um, because, you know, we're led to believe you got to work, 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 grind, 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 no sleep, no sleep Mm -hmm. and make it happen. Mm -hmm. And I learned in that moment, uh, that's probably some of the dumbest advice, some of the dumbest insight we've ever gotten. Because one day I was working myself crazy. Mm -hmm. I was a full time student. I had a full time job. I had my radio show. I was hosting shows five to six nights a week um, and then going and then waking and then having to go home, wake up and go back to school and work the next day. Like I was running myself ragged. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, I was eating like trash. Like I just started eating better. (laughs) Like I I, I wasn't drinking enough water. I Mm -hmm. wasn't taking care of myself. I was living off Red Bull soda and fast food and working like that nonstop. And I woke up one day and I couldn't see mm. like literally like I woke up and like blacked out. Like I, oh I, I was just like, I couldn't see. I was incoherent. Like I was super dizzy and I didn't know what was going on. And I got rushed to the hospital. And I'm a paraphrase because, my you know, doctors use a lot of like, you know, um, intelligent and well thought out things to say. I'm going to I'm going to talk to you. I'm a paraphrase in a way black people understand. Mm hmm. <laughs> He basically said, yeah, you can keep doing what you're doing. You'll be dead by 25, though. God, And I say that was my lowest low because, you know, you're led to believe something. You're led to believe, like, you know, my mom used to always say, and this is one thing, like, one thing, my biggest, the thing I hate doing most in life is telling my mom she's right. I hate it. (laughs) <laughs> are you a i'm right all the time person oh yeah because I, I usually am it. but i usually am but when i'm wrong uh, I, but when i'm wrong i admit i'm wrong okay. I, i'm one of those people too where it's okay. like if i'm wrong hey i was wrong okay 
but my mom is like 10 times worse because she's always right. Like she's never been wrong. And so my mom told me early on, she was like, you do way, you try to force things way too much. Mm -hmm. If you believe in God and you believe that he has a purpose on your life and that you're going to get what you want, you have to realize it's going to happen in his time, yes. not yours. Come on, mom. And when I was young, I wasn't trying to hear that. Mm -hmm. I was like, nah, I'm going to make it happen now. Mm -hmm. And so I started going hard and doing any and everything I could to make things happen. And then it drove me in a, it, it drove me to almost an early grave. Mm -hmm. And so after that, I learned the importance of giving yourself free time, giving mm -hmm. yourself time off, mm -hmm. taking care of yourself mm -hmm. um, and realizing that everything's going to happen in its own time. Like mm -hmm. It's not going to happen when you want it. It's going to happen when it's supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. So stop trying to force everything. Just focus on the work, focus on doing things and focus on giving yourself time and space to do you and focus on you and give yourself a break and mm -hmm. be around people you love mm -hmm. and do things you love outside of, because I had a hard time learning what I loved outside of what I was doing because mm -hmm. I never gave myself you know, room to, do room to learn it, wow. you know? And so, you know, even that, I guess you could say is a low, but it taught me to really shift my life and shift my purpose and really give myself, you know, time mm -hmm. to really just understand who I am. And therapy has been really helping me with that too. I've been in therapy for over, almost a year now. Good for you. Um, but just give myself time to really like take things in and take mm -hmm. a break and enjoy what God has to offer because one day you're going to wake yeah. up and realize like everything passed you by mm -hmm. so I guess that's a horrible answer because it's not a really no. a lot I turned it into a high I guess no, I don't. That's, <laughs> what was my next question is like the push through part of it you know like you mentioned you have to change yeah your mindset you have to figure out what was your purpose again like going back to what your mom said mm -hmm. nothing is going to be forced no nah. anything I, I had I had to preach this to somebody the other day if it's chaotic I mean it's not meant for you nothing with the result of just chaos and then it's just difficult that's not supposed to be for you yeah. whatever god has laid for you is supposed to just go with the flow now i'm not going to say it doesn't require effort and, it, that's and, it, different. and that you're not going to have some hardships right because you will yes i think that's meant to test you on yes. if you really want it or not exactly but if it's just continuous chaotic push you in the hospital and then it's just too much going on you need to fall back recharge mm -hmm. reset and figure out okay what are my next steps go right. back to god and figure out hey this is what you planted in me so what do i do because right now i'm not doing it right and you have to if if you're asking god for something realize you might not get it when you want it Indeed. but you're gonna get it mm -hmm. uh i'm learning that even that like you i'm still realizing that like there's something that you know i prayed about like a year ago, mm -hmm. I got to a point I didn't even want it anymore. And then it happened. And it's like, well, dang, like, I didn't even want this. Like, mm -hmm. I could have did without this, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, but it's just like, you got, again, be careful what you wish for, be mm -hmm. careful what you pray for. Mm -hmm. And I mean, be prepared for what comes with it. Indeed. Okay. Well, I'm excited. So <laughs> for our interviewers or radio personalities or people in film, media, et cetera, because mm -hmm. you have your hands in a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to. Actually, I'm actually trying to take my hands off of some of it, just because. Really? Yeah, because you know, jack of all trades, master of none is a real thing. Like yeah. you can really do too many things and not give the proper amount of attention to certain things. That's true. So there are certain things I'm trying to take my hands off of, but I'm 
you know, and I get this from my pops. Like I just, you know, I'm a workaholic. Like mm-hmm. I just try to, and plus I'd rather blame myself than to blame someone else. I'd rather mm-hmm. fail than to look at you and be like, you're the reason why I failed. Mm-hmm. I'd rather like, I'd rather just take it on my chin than mm-hmm. to, I'd rather not look at you differently because right, you messed right, something right. up. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just mess it up myself and take the blame. And I see that's why, like you mentioned with the analogy, you being the coach. Yeah. Oh um, I'd, I'd rather be at fault than for you to be at fault mm-hmm. because again, even with you being at fault, I take blame for it. Cause like, I should have, I should have put you in a position mm-hmm. that should have been on place. me. So I have a hard time of letting go. Cause it's like, I don't want to give you the opportunity to let me down. Mm-hmm. I don't, and maybe that's something I need to work out in therapy again. I told you I'm in it. <laughs> maybe that's what I need to work out in therapy. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I don't like, I don't like giving people the rope to strangle me with. Mm. I don't I don't like giving people the opportunity to let me down. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I'd rather I'd rather let myself down mm-hmm. because I take things personally, mm-hmm. which is the ironic thing about our show because called don't take it personal, but yeah. I take everything personally. I you know, and that's why it's hard to, that's why I advise you also don't do business with friends unless y'all really have a situation worked out because it can get bad quick. I was just, that was what I was leading to with the people that's listening. What would be one free advice that you could give them? Whew. One? Because I got a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind giving advice. I told mm-hmm. you I don't mind telling people like what I've learned. But I would say the biggest piece of advice is honestly, if you don't care about what you're doing, if you don't actually want to do it, don't do it. Mm. Just don't because mm-hmm. you're wasting your time. Mm-hmm. You're wasting other people's times. And you're wasting God's time because you could be focusing on what you should be focusing on, but you're over here doing this other stuff, trying to get attention mm-hmm. or trying to get money. And if you're doing everything right, money's going to come. Like, you, like I've lost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I've lost more money than I've made in my lifetime because I just believe in what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But it's because I love what I'm doing and I believe in it and I believe I have a purpose in it that I don't mind doing that. Mm-hmm. But if you're just out here doing stuff just to get look cool and try to get attention and you're doing yourself a huge disservice. And I just want people to stop doing that. Mm -hmm. Just stop. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's my biggest piece of free advice is just if you don't care about this, if you're trying to do this or anything else in life, Mm -hmm. if you 300 pounds and you trying to be an NBA fam, like do something else, you know, that man said, <laughs> I'm just, and that's an extreme thing. And yeah, you could lose the weight and possibly, but it's just like mm-hmm. you, but you're showing that your focus, your determination is just not there. Yeah. So obviously it's in something else. Mm-hmm. You could reshape it, turn it into muscle and be a football player. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's other things that you could, good. you could like, you just, again, like I said, Part of, I believe, part of our mission is to figure out what our thing is. Yes. Once you figure it out, then you can use it to benefit yourself and others. Mm-hmm. But you got to find what it is. And if you're spending too much time in it. the wrong direction, mm-hmm. you're taking time away from your purpose and what you could be doing. Mm-hmm. So that's my piece of advice. If you're a podcaster, if you want to be a podcaster, make sure it's actually what you want to do. Because mm-hmm. if not, you gonna be real shook when you see that only three people listen to your first episode. Mm-hmm. You ain't gonna like it. Mm-hmm. You're not. And then being consistent is the thing. There's a lot of podcasts I know that are still going, but they're mad inconsistent. And, and yeah. guess what? You lose fans that mm-hmm. way. We've mm-hmm. lost 
thousands of fans because we would have two weeks in between episodes sometimes or miss a week and not care and not mm-hmm. be consistent. We've lost thousands of fans wow. because of that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you got to be prepared for what comes with it. You got to be prepared for the cost because mm-hmm. I don't, I can show you, I can tell you how much I've spent on podcast equipment and you want to yes. know how much I know? Cause I'm, I'm a cheapskate. So <laughs> I know how much I've spent and it's a lot, but it's because mm-hmm. I love what I'm doing. And as you grow, as you do it more, you Indeed. want, you want to put out the best possible quality content you can. Mm-hmm. So, and that comes at a price. Yes, it does. You know what I'm saying? And I can tell you alone, I just dropped, let's see, $3,000 just on mics in recent months. Yeah. 3,000 just on mics. I got four of them. Mm. And it's about 550 a mic because I got the really good, the really high quality Sure, SM7Bs. If you're a podcaster, you know, or if you're a techie, you know, that's like the top recording microphone you can get. So it's like $400 and another 150 for the cloud lifter because you need that to amplify the noise in it. So 550 per microphone. Ah, ah. Um, Zoom recorder, that's about another 600. Um, I can keep going on and on. If you want, if you we got cameras that cost lights, mm-hmm. super expensive lenses, yep. extremely expensive. Yep. Carrying case for all of that expensive. expensive. <laughs> you know, like uh-huh. you know, editing, editing, like the software to edit all of it, expensive. Uh-huh. It like so you got to be prepared for all of that. That's like if true. you like I like I respect videographers and photographers because you realize how much they pay yes. for that equipment? Yes. And you want them to do a video for free? Yeah. Like <laughs> Yes. What? Yes. Yes. Like nah. It, just just realize that if you want to do this, there's a lot of time, mm-hmm. effort, money that comes with it. So just if you don't want to do it, just stay away. <laughs> if you don't want to do it that's true. don't do it mm-hmm. save your money go do something else mm-hmm. what you really want to do mm-hmm. that's my piece of free advice I, I i i could piggyback on that so much but <laughs> <laughs> that was not my free advice that was your free advice that was really really good okay so tell the people how they can keep in contact with you how they can listen to don't take it personal right any upcoming film projects so okay uh-huh, so uh-huh. uh that i gotta keep quiet about okay um because there are some things in the works um i was going i was excited. yeah there are some things in the works but so i'm gonna keep quiet on that mm-hmm. um but as far as following me I am J Will ETC on everything that's J A Y W I L E T C. The podcast is D T I Podcast One, and that's where you'll find Don't Take It Personal. Um, you know, even with us, like, even we've gotten better in certain areas, but we're still growing. Like, we're about to do way more video content, mm-hmm. way more. I, I hate social media, so I barely post on social media, but <laughs> it looks so good. <laughs> it looks so good. I appreciate it. Um, and so, we're going to be posting more on my on my personal end and on the podcast and mm-hmm. way more video content, way more clips, way more activity. It's just um, we just had to get to a place where we were ready for it and wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, pandemic last year got in a lot of people's ways. My original plan for last year completely shattered mm-hmm. because of what happened. And you mm-hmm. just got to readjust. That's true. And if you really want it, then you will. That's true. And we've had to readjust. 
Sounds good. Okay. So as you guys know, we always end it with a motivational moment. It okay. could be a Bible verse, a quote, anything that sparks my eye, bring it on the show and share it with the people. Okay. And so when I read it, I talk about my thoughts. Okay. And then you share your thoughts. Okay. Usually I'm going to give myself 99% of the time it goes with <laughs> <laughs> the conversation. Well, I've talked a lot today, so <laughs> I, I will not fault you for that. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so we'll see if this one, to me, it goes with it, but we'll see. This is by Theodore Roosevelt. Do what you can with what you have where you are. Mm. So when I read that, I kind of just want to go back to the conversation that we had um, with the whole podcasting, film, and things of that nature. My thoughts on that, and this is just, like I mentioned, my advice, is that you don't have to start off big. You don't have to come into the situation with just thinking that you know everything. My whole thing is with that, as you mentioned, he went in with the situation. This was just based off the conversations that me and my homeboy have. We have great material. Why not share this with other people? We know that it fulfills us. It may fulfill other people. And so for me, when it came to my podcast, I didn't look for monetizing. Many people came to me and was like, give me start charging. <laughs> you sit down and people are, you know, advertising their businesses. This isn't enough. Like that was not for me at that time. You know what I'm saying? For me, it was just me getting to know Dallas because mm-hmm. I was in Houston, you know, that's where I pretty much my adulthood because that's where I went to college. When I came back to Dallas, I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know anything because I left at 17. <laughs> so for me, it was like 17 till 23, 22 or whatever the case may be. I was out there and I knew everything about Houston. Even when I moved back home, it was like. I'm going back on the road because I don't know nothing yeah, here. Yeah. And so for me, it was like, sit down, figure out what's going on in Dallas, talk to the community and be out there. Now, what I did not know, it was going to end up on this type of platform, but it was something that came so natural for me. Me having conversations. That's why I put genuine conversation because I really, really mean that. I just want us to flow. I just want us to have a good time. And I just want us to vibe. So for me, it's like, just start where you are. If something is just a burning desire that's in you for you to just get started, get started and learn as you grow. I didn't have none of this. And to me, I still have some things that I need to grow on. But initially, I didn't have all of this when I first started. To be honest, it's been a blessing because I started in the studio. My cousin, she allowed me, my second season allowed me to use her office. Third season, now I'm at Java Lavender and they sponsored. And it's just been a blessing because... I've been able for one to keep relationships. And then for two, going back to what God wants me to do. I understand with this, it just comes so natural. So just start where you are and just progress from there. Yes, sir. Wow. I don't know. How do you follow that? I don't even <laughs> I don't <laughs> I gotta like do a joke now or something to break them. <laughs> Cause I don't know, like, oh man, that was beautifully said though. And one thing yeah. you got to give yourself credit on too is you did something that I think is very vital is you put yourself out there. I met you through Kayla. Yeah. Kayla introduced us. Mm-hmm. And it's because you were, is she your cousin that you were speaking of? Or Mm-mm. oh, somebody else? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Like I met you through Kayla, who shout out to Kayla. That was the studio, Wolf Nation. Yeah, Wolf Nation, shout out to them. Mm-hmm. Because one thing that really helped me on my podcasting journey is connecting with other people. Mm-hmm. And Kayla was very instrumental in connecting other podcasts yes. and like, and like, 
helping people like, oh, well, they do this so they can, y'all can work together. She mm-hmm. was really good at that. Mm-hmm. And shout out to Kara and Mish um, from Millennial Love. They're not doing the show anymore, but they were the first people to really start doing podcast meetups where they would just grab podcasts in Dallas and mm-hmm. like, let's all get together and get to know each other so we can she all- has such a beautiful self. Yeah, help each other out. And so- what you did is you put yourself out there and that's something that's vital as well is putting yourself out there um so i just think you should have added that to your to your spiel because i think that's very important and that's something that you got to give yourself credit for thank you um because a lot of people won't do that Mm -hmm. um so for me again i don't uh, (laughs) that was so beautifully said but i will say this my my favorite quote and i've said it before but i say it all the time because i think people need to really understand this my favorite quote is you are who you want to be Mm -hmm. and that's and that's saying that it doesn't take time to become the person you want it doesn't you don't grow into you're already that person it's just up to you to supply that person with what they need to accomplish what you want to accomplish um a lot of that is self, you know, a lot of that is like, you know, walking into a room and being confident enough in who you are and what you represent and what you bring to the table yeah. to walk in that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I see a lot of people say, oh, I got to get money to do this. Or I got to like, no, you're already that person. You already got the tools. It's just up to you to bring that out of you. Like, and mm-hmm. I can't, for what that is for me is different than what it would be for you mm-hmm. or for anybody listening. Mm-hmm. You know, my purpose is different than hers and everyone else's. Mm-hmm. So it's up to you to really walk in that and figure it out. You know what I'm saying? For me personally, like I said earlier, I've been in therapy for almost a year and that's helped me out in a multitude of different ways. So for me, you know, that's helped me. But even prior to that, I was still walking in it. I just felt you just need to keep every day you grow every day you mature and everything you add, every tool you add in your arsenal is meant to like help benefit you even more. And so that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, but uh, again, I'm thrown off because that's a great, I don't know how to follow what you said. Like that's all I got. Um, Thank you. Uh, drink your water. I don't know. Like, <laughs> drink your water. I don't know, man. I don't know how you follow that, man. Like, <laughs> well, this is the end of the conversation. Did you have any thoughts? Um, last-minute tidbits, anything you'd like you left out today? I think for I think it's I think it's very important for the people who are watching your show and listening to your show to know that um you I can genuinely feel the passion that you have for this. Even before I got here, like that's that's what really drove me to want to come on your shows because I see it and I feel it. Mm-hmm. And um I think people who listen to this show and watch this show should find value in the fact that they're watching someone like you living their purpose thank you so and that's the same i'm just so happy i kind of fanned out when you had told me i'm not even gonna lie uh, when i first met you he's like what's good pop? yeah oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah i was like no nah. because here's the thing i paid like i'm <laughs> i'm i pay attention to everything mm-hmm. like when i was in radio whenever anybody like new popped up now when i did radio it was more from a like competitive standpoint <laughs> It's not like that now. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was doing radio, anybody who was doing like a pop, like a radio show or any type of type of media, I was like, let me know who they are so I can like, you know, check them out. So I can check them out <laughs> and let me just see like how I can fit, like, you know, make sure nobody can take my spot. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of where I was when I was doing radio. Um, but even doing that, I ended up getting cool with a lot of people who were doing that and ended mm-hmm. up being able to help them. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, I do the same thing, but I do it just because 
you know, I, I mentioned the people, Kayla, Kara, Mish, you know, they were so open and so willing to embrace me and what I was doing and mm-hmm. to help me and help others. Mm-hmm. I saw, I was very moved by that. And I just recognize what podcasting has done for me and how it's allowed me to express myself and gain connections with people. One of my best friends now is a woman from Ohio mm-hmm. that I talk to almost every day mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and she's like a big sister to me and I met her because of podcasting nice. you know and I can I have so many stories like that one of my best friends is another woman from New York you mm-hmm. know and it's just this has connected me and, and with so many people that genuinely bring so much value to my life mm-hmm. and it's it made me allow me to express myself in so many ways and it's helped me with so many opportunities I want other people to feel that yes so I pay attention to everybody. I pay attention to any, especially mostly in Dallas, but any podcast that pops up, I pay attention because I want to see what go. I see. I want to see where they where they're going with it. I listen. Mm-hmm. I want to see how they're doing. I see. Do they need assistance? Mm-hmm. Do they like what do they need? Like, I, there's a there's a friend of mine. She's just now starting a podcast, mm-hmm. and all of my podcast equipment, I'm going to just go and like let her use it whenever she needs it. That's so it's beautiful. So it's like I just so yeah, I knew who you were because I pay attention and I and it's mostly just because I just want to see what's happening. I like to be aware. You know, I'm a researcher, like I said, I'm a researcher. I like to know what's going on. And so no, I, I have been paying attention to when what's good popped up and you being around and people talking about you and me just doing my own digging. So if you're in podcasting and you're in Dallas, I'll probably know who you are, even if we don't talk. <laughs> um just because just because I'm aware. But mm-hmm. also because I like to be of service. And I told you when I first came in, people are like afraid to ask me to do their show. And some of the reasons I'm not even going to say some of the reasons here, because it's going to make me sound like I'm like bragging on myself. <laughs> but it's just the reasons people tell me are so opposite of how I am that it, mm-hmm. it's kind of just it's kind of hard for me to take in. Because mm-hmm. so, you are so open. I'm Like anybody, there's never been someone who asked me to do their show. And I said, nah, like I mean, that's never happened. Yeah. So people are like, I'm afraid you're doing this and you're doing, you've accomplished this. Like you're talking about my accomplishments, not me. Right. I don't, because here's the thing, like I learned when I did radio, cause I used to have a really big um, confidence and self-esteem issue. I used to have a really big issue with that. Mm. I didn't know who I was outside of what I was doing. And mm-hmm. honestly, I didn't like who I was outside of what I was doing. Mm. And so first time you met me, I'm listening off my accomplishments. Like I did this, I did this, 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 and this. Just I wanted you to tell me I was special. Like I needed that from you. Once I got to a place where I didn't need that anymore, I don't even like you knowing what I do. Like I <laughs> if you don't already know, I don't want to tell you. Yeah. Cause obviously I'm not working hard enough. Mm. If I have to tell you who I am, mm-hmm. if I have to tell you what I've accomplished, I'm not working hard enough. So yeah. I'd rather just know that, oh, they don't know who I am. Okay, well, I'll keep working. That's good though. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, the type of person I am. I like to just move and like let me just do me. Yeah. If you know who I am, let me I'm doing something right. Right. And if you don't, then it is what it is. It is what it is. For real. And like, <laughs> and there's a lot of things. Like, there's a lot of things I did for Dallas hip hop culture from like 2011, 2016. Guess what? No one knows or cares. Mm. So I it mattered to me and it mattered to those people. Uh-huh. But that's what it was. It was meant for that point in time. Indeed. If it didn't make it past that point in time, then cool. Like, so I learned like, yeah, like you do these cool things. Cool. But there's always gonna be someone who doesn't know you or recognize you or understand what you've done or accomplished. Yeah. So why are you walking around with that on your shoulder? Like it's a badge and people don't even know. That's true. You know, so mm-hmm. I had to learn like, who am I? Yes. 
who is Joshua Wilson, not Jay Will? Mm. And that's why I said that in the beginning of the show, too, is like, I don't even really like people introducing me as Jay Will because it's just like, that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. He said, yeah, this is Joshua Wilson. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, like I, that's kind of how I operate now. I'm not mad. I just want to say thank you for coming on. Of course. Anytime. Like this was a blessing to me in so many ways. (laughs) I'm glad I could be a good guest. (laughs) (laughs) Well, please support Joshua Wilson in all things that he does. Fam, when it comes to the podcast, the fella does it all. So please support this fella. I appreciate it. Like he mentioned, he will support you. So give it right back to him. I appreciate it. But we just want to say thank you for listening to this morning, noon, evening, or night. Have a great one. And thank you for listening to this good podcast. Hey, guys. For more updates, you can follow me on Instagram at what's good underscore podcast or my personal account, b.javon underscore. Javon is spelled J-O-V-A-H-N. You can catch me on Twitter, what's good underscore pod C for Charlie. And then you can also catch me on Facebook at What's Good Podcast. Uh, make sure that you subscribe and also leave reviews for me to also see. And I can also respond back to you guys. Let me know what you're thinking of the podcast and any updates. Thank you. Have a good one.